0: Welcome back to the Word on Fire show. I'm Brandon Vaught, the host and the Senior Content Director. Today we share with you a recent homily Bishop Barron preached at the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas. He was there on May the 7th to pray with the graduates for their baccalaureate mass. In his homily, Bishop emphasized that we must remember that the primary purpose of a Catholic university is evangelization, the proclamation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Therefore, he said, education must equip and form graduates to sanctify the world so that the light of Christ can be brought into workplaces, classrooms, and trades. It's a really great homily. We hope you enjoy it. Next week, Bishop Barron will be back in the studio with me. We're gonna have a great discussion about the future of Catholic schools. So look forward to that. We'll be there together next week. But for now, enjoy this homily from Bishop Barron titled, Sanctifying the World. Enjoy.
1: Again, good evening, everybody. Delighted to be with you for this Baccalaureate Mass. And especially delighted that the theme of the Mass is the new evangelization. I can't think of a better motif for a Baccalaureate Mass. First of all, the new evangelization was the central preoccupation of the Second Vatican Council. My mentor was Cardinal George of Chicago, and he always said, the key to understanding Vatican II is to see it as a missionary council. So one of its principal texts is called Lumen Gentium, right, the light of the nations. The idea is to bring the Lumen, the light of Christ, to the Gentiles, to the nations. That was the purpose of Vatican II, to make the church a more effective vehicle for the evangelization of the world. Now, read all the popes from St. Pope Paul VI all the way through the present Bishop of Rome, and you see the same theme over and over again. A church that goes out from itself to proclaim the Lordship of Jesus. That's evangelization. Now listen, everybody. The primary purpose of a Catholic university is to evangelize. It's got many purposes subordinate to that one but that's the prime purpose of any Catholic University is to evangelize to declare the Lordship of Jesus now can I suggest the readings we just heard are a magnificent master class in evangelization you know sometimes you'll hear this in fact when I was going through a school you heard it a lot even in high theological circles That the resurrection of Jesus, oh, that's a myth, it's a legend, it's a spiritually charged story. It signals the fact that Jesus' cause goes on, that his disciples remember him fondly. Come on. That view of the resurrection completely undermines evangelization. Because the good news, the euangelion in Greek, that's where evangelism and evangelistic comes from. The euangelion, the good news is primarily Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And how wonderful I get this great visual aid here in this uh, co-cathedral of the risen Christ looking at me. I've always liked what um, C.S. Lewis said. Those who claim that the resurrection story is a myth haven't read many myths now what did he mean well myths which i love by the way i remember when i was a kid i read the greek and roman myths for the first time i loved them they are stories told to express general truths about life about nature about human psychology terrific but because they're generic stories they tend to be set once upon a time or to bring it up to date a long time ago in a galaxy far far away well that star wars is a myth beautiful effective tells a lot of great truths did you listen to the first reading it's a reading we hear all the time in the easter season from the acts of the apostles but every time i hear that story takes my breath away Saint Peter is talking about Christian basics here's what he says not once upon a time or in a galaxy far far away rather he speaks of hey you know the things that happened in Galilee and then down in Judea and the things that happened in Jerusalem suppose I said yeah there's this fellow I met him up in Dallas and, and then later on I heard him in San Antonio and then finally down here in Houston Would you think I was telling you a myth? No, you would say, he's telling me a story about something that happened. And then, here's the part that always takes my breath away. When Peter almost casually says, we are witnesses to his resurrection. We who ate and drank with him after his resurrection from the dead. We're witnesses to that. And Peter went to his death, tradition says, upside down on a cross, defending the truth of what he was claiming. How many martyrs are there to Hercules? Answer zero. <laughs> there aren't martyrs to mythic figures. How many martyrs are there to Osiris? Answer zero. There are no martyrs to mythic characters. But all those who knew Jesus and ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead they all went to their death defending it the good news everybody the heart of evangelization is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead now a second step from that comes conviction about who Jesus is notice something please in the gospels Jesus does not present himself as one more in a long line of spiritual teachers. Or just one more in a long line of of Jewish prophets. Mm -mm. Unless you love me more than your mother and your father, more than your very life, you're not worthy of me. No prophet ever said anything like that. They'd be out of their mind to say it. Who alone could say that? Unless you love me more than the highest values in the world. Except the one who is himself the highest good. How about this? It shocked his Jewish audience in the first century. Referring to himself, Jesus blithely says, You have a greater than the temple here. What the... The temple was the dwelling place of God. It was the most sacred. It was the holiest place imaginable. Who could be greater than the temple except the one who is himself worshipped in the temple? To the paralyzed man, Jesus says, My son, your sins are forgiven. And the bystanders say, reasonably enough, Who this man think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Right. That's the point. Jesus consistently spoke and acted in the very person of God. Which is why people were so deeply attracted to him and many deeply repelled by him. What did they realize everybody? In the wake of the resurrection. We who ate and drank with him after his resurrection from the dead. What did they realize? He was who he said he was, and that's why. Listen now with fresh ears to the letters of Paul. What do you hear over and over again in Paul's letters? "Jesus Kurios," his Greek for Jesus is Lord. I find this fascinating. In, in that time and place, there was a kind of watchword, and it was "Kaiser Kurios." Caesar's the Lord. In fact, you might greet someone with that, Kaiser Curios, and they'd say, Kaiser Curios back to you. Caesar's our Lord. He's the one to whom our allegiance is due. How edgy, how dangerous St. Paul was. Don't read that as sort of blandly spiritual talk. That was very purposefully subversive talk in the first century. To say, not Kaiser Curios, but look, someone whom Kaiser put to death, but whom God raised from the dead. He's the true Lord. He's the one to whom allegiance is due, He's the one to whom we should give our whole lives our minds our wills our bodies our passions our public life our private life he must be the curios the lord of our lives that's evangelization declaring the resurrection of jesus and therefore the lordship of jesus okay now why is this important at a baccalaureate mass as we celebrate your graduation from this Catholic university. Remember Lumen Gentium, to bring the lumen of Christ, the light of Christ to the nations. I look at all of you, it's beautiful to see you who prepared now to be physicians and nurses and and lawyers and technicians and leaders in business and investors and financiers and entertainers and writers and politicians, the whole range of activity. All of which is good. All of which calls forth your talent and your ability. Terrific, terrific. But listen to me now. What you are finally meant to do with the training you've received here the formation you've received here is to bring into those various spheres of influence the light of christ to sanctify as vatican 2 puts it to sanctify the world don't see the work you do as simply blandly secular work no 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 you are bringing the lumen of the risen Christ who is the Lord of your life into those spaces that they might be filled with the same light let me just close with one more biblical image for you if you look at the very end of the Bible the very close of the book of Revelation the visionary sees the heavenly Jerusalem coming down the beautiful image of a realized humanity. And he notices something interesting. There's no temple in the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, it's weird because the temple was everything in the earthly Jerusalem. That's why you went to Jerusalem, was to go to the temple. All of life centered around the temple. So how come there's no temple in the heavenly Jerusalem? Jerusalem. The answer is, because the whole city has become a temple. The whole city has become a place where God is rightly praised. Now that's the task, everybody. And it's an exciting task. To bring into your sphere of influence, to move into the part of the world that you've been prepared to inhabit, And make of it, or help to make of it, a place where God is rightly praised. You are to be agents of this new evangelization. You are to help bring the lumen, the light of Christ, to the world.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed that homily from Bishop Barron at the University of St. Thomas in Houston. As I mentioned earlier, next week, Bishop Barron will be back with us. He and I will have a great discussion on the future of Catholic schools, why so many schools are closing, why that matters, and what Catholic schools need to do moving forward. So look forward to that. After that, we'll also share Bishop Barron's commencement address that he delivered at the University of St. Thomas. So today we heard the homily from the Baccalaureate Mass. In a couple weeks, we'll hear the commencement address he gave to the graduating class at the University of St. Thomas. So lots of great things to come. But again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time on the Word on Fire show.